the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praising. This is Pastor Pearson of Word Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast at a prank is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We've been ministering a powerful message called Being Imitators of Christ. But because next Monday is Christmas, we're going to wait until next week to continue that message. This week, we're ministering messages about our appreciation for the birth of the Christ child, the one who put the Christ in Christmas. Message that will help us to be able to get in the mindset of giving God thanks for more than just the gifts that we'll receive from others and that others will receive from me and you. What gift could ever be given by anyone anywhere that is a better gift than the gift that God gave us on that glorious day when God so loved the world that he gave us the gift of the Christ child, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So come on. Let's hear a message about the wonderful blessing that we've already received on that day that Christ was born. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. How y'all doing today? So am I, same Lord, same faith, same results. If you got a Bible with you, I invite you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Praise God, and come on, let's get a word that's going to be all the way live. It's going to aid and assist you in being able to have a clearer understanding of what God wants you to know and what God wants you to do, or at least has presented opportunity to you to do. Having need to hear what the Lord's going to say to you today, and I'm telling you, it's going to bless you in Jesus' name. Christmas is a day that we get a chance to celebrate. I'm talking about us Christians. We get a chance to celebrate and commemorate one of the greatest days that is known on earth. One of the greatest. In fact, it's one of the big three of Christianity. Praise God. Of course, there's Christmas Day. That was the day of the incarnation. That's when the king, praise God, took upon flesh so that he could dwell amongst us. So that he can, we can not only behold his glory, that of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, but he could also come down to be a person who was going to be able to be the Lamb of God that was going to shed his blood for me and you. Pay sin's debt in full for me and you. And, of course, we know the end of the story. He did it. Praise God. And we're excited about it. That's why we celebrate this day. Praise God. Because that's the day he showed up, parted the sky to come and get you and I by first getting into a body put, made by God for us to, through a virgin to be able to be born so that he can then be able to come and give his life for me and you. What a wonderful day this is. Praise God. It's the day when Almighty God took upon flesh to dwell amongst us. And it's when he was born into this world through a young virgin, Mary. Praise God, who, by the way, was male virgin at that time. Praise God. Amen. We're going to get into that today, but, you know, that time. Praise God. Amen. After that, all the other births was sloppy, just like everybody else's. Praise God. That one was virgin. Amen. We ain't talking about that right now. That was, we're celebrating Christmas. That's what we're here to do. We're here to celebrate Christmas. 
That was one of the food. That was the first of the two. Second one, of course, is the day that he went to the cross for me and you. Praise God. We call it Good Friday. Why was it Good Friday? Because that's when he paid sins dead in full for me and you. Praise God. That's when he went to the cross, took upon our punishment, took upon our beating, took upon our execution, so to speak. Praise God. And then declared us not guilty from the cross from that point forward. Hallelujah. And Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So he gave us forgiveness. And y'all, come on, VBBS. Since he was standing on three time zones at the same time, then he covered our sins past, present, and future. Which means even the stupid stuff you're going to do later on today, like, like all that overeating you're going to do, that's already been forgiven. So feel free to go ahead and overeat. Praise God. Amen. No, I'm just teasing. Praise God. But it is forgiven. I ain't, forget, I, ain't, I ain't teasing about that. It's already been forgiven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And then there's the third one that we celebrate too. And that's resurrection morning. Praise God. The world calls it Easter. We call it resurrection day. Because that's the day he got up. Praise God. And because he got up, we get a chance to get up too. Praise God. And live out newness of life that he then gives to me and you. What a privilege he's given to me and you. But the first of the three is called Christmas. That's the one that we get a chance to celebrate this day. But with that in mind, Christmas time ought to be a time of excitement for every single Christian. But it's not. It's not. In fact, some Christians don't see Christmas as a time of joy and celebration. In fact, some Christians don't choose to celebrate Christmas. They don't choose to. Yeah, for real. Y'all speechless, but (laughs) they really don't. In fact, they believe, and some even tell others, that no Christian should celebrate Christmas. They say, it's not of God. Or they'll say, God's not pleased with those who celebrate Christmas. Well, for some believers, especially the new believers and the unlearned Christians, that poses a serious question. And that is, is it okay for Christians to celebrate Christmas? For Christians to celebrate Christmas? Is it biblical for Christians to celebrate Christmas? Well, let's look at what the Bible has to say today. So that we can be able to clear up a few things, praise God, about whether it's okay for us to celebrate Christmas. That's why today we're going to be talking about, is celebrating Christmas biblical? Despite what some say, Christians celebrating Christmas is okay. We're going to learn about it. Praise God. Now, we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about it first. And, of course, the reason why I want to go to the Bible, praise God, is because the Bible says of itself it has all things that pertain unto life and godliness. What does all mean? What's left after all? That means that there's nothing that God wants us to know about living life godly like he wants us to do that's not in the Bible. Which means that if, it's, if God don't want us to do it, it'll be in the Bible. But if God has no problem with it, it'll be in the Bible. Because it has all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And see, we Bible believers. We Bible readers. Bible toting. Yellow pen marking. Mark eleven twenty three quoting Christians. Praise God. Who go according to the word of God. That means any concept of it not being biblical, if the Bible doesn't say it's not biblical, any concept of it being not biblical means that it came from an extra biblical source, not from a biblical source, extra biblical source, which means it came from one outside of the Bible. Amen. That's why we want to look at what the Bible has to say, because it tells us everything we need to know about whether or not celebrating Christmas is okay. Praise God. Well, we'll start off with this concept, right? 
right here first. And that is God has no problem with holidays per se. He has no problem with holidays per se. In fact, God in the Old Testament appointed holidays for his people to be able to celebrate. He appointed holidays for his people to be able to celebrate. Yes, he did. In the Old Testament, God appointed several holidays and festivals and days of rest and worship among the Jews. In fact, they were, they were designed to be able to permeate the memory of great events that God did along the way of the fulfillment of his plan to redeem mankind. Various ones that he put in place. Praise God. In fact, there was seven of them, actually. Praise God that he put in place. Eight, if you add in the Sabbath. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's the Sabbath, which commemorated the creation of the world. It was a time to be able to set aside for God to be able to, people to, God to be able to set aside, to be able to acknowledge and worship God on that particular day. The people of God would purposely cease all their labor to be able to celebrate the day when they would eventually get a chance to rest from all their labors because of the completed work of Jesus Christ. And so it was a day that God says do that every single week, praise God, in order to be able to make sure that our faith in God doesn't get weak and our focus is lost on what God wants us to know and do. Praise God, he set it in place for me and you. He set various fellowships and, and feasts together. There's the Feast of Passover, praise God, and, and unleavened bread, which commemorated and celebrated God's releasing of the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage and their subsequent departure from Egypt. Praise God. So they, 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 they made it out. And so because of that, they would shout and celebrate about it. God set a feast together and said, make sure that once a year you come together and be able to celebrate what I did for you. There was the Feast of Pentecost, which also called the Feast of Weeks, which commemorated and celebrated God's giving of the law at Mount Sinai. Because we're supposed to celebrate God giving us the law. Because the law is God's instructions on how should we live our lives and what should we think and what should we should do so that now that we're free, we know how to live the life that God intends for me and you. Thank God for the law. Praise God. I said, thank God for the law. Then God set a, 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 a feast, which was a holiday. It's all called a holiday. Set it up for them to celebrate every single year. That's what he wanted them to do. He also set up one called the Feast of Tabernacles, or it was called the Feast of Ingathering. It was commemorating and celebrating the children of Israel's time of passing through the wilderness, living in tents. That's why it's tabernacles are tents. They're booths. It's, called, it's also called the, the, the one of booths, where they would live in tents as God led them into their promised land, fed them, praise God, with, mail, with, 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 with manna and quail from the sky, fed them and, and quenched their thirst with water that would come out of a rock, protected them from dangers seen and unseen, praise God, and even made sure that their clothes didn't wear out too or go out of style. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So they would celebrate that every single year, praise God, told to do so by God, expected to do so by God. And so God has no problem with it, holidays per se. There was also the Festival of Trumpets, which announced the Holy Convocation and announced the year of Jubilee, where there was no work that was allowed and where freedom and, and restoration was instituted on all. Well, folk will get their stuff back. Praise God. And if they owed anybody, they wouldn't owe it no more. Don't tell me they wasn't celebrating on that day. Praise God. They were celebrating big time on that day. Praise God. And then there was this other one called the Day of Atonement. Y'all might have heard about that. That was celebrating their spiritual cleansing as a result of the shed blood of an innocent lamb that was used as a, as a, as a substitution for our sins. Praise God. In fact, praise God. 
You know, they celebrated that every, every, every year too, praise God. Big day that they would celebrate. There was also the Feast of Purim, P-U-R-I-M, Purim, which is commemorating and celebrating God's deliverance of the children of Israel from Haman's insidious plan through the, 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 the bravery of a young lady by the name of Esther, praise God, who put her own life on the line and went before the king, praise God, to be able to let her know, you know, that hideous thing that Haman had planned. And, of course, it saved the, 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 the people of God from the destruction that they was going to face. It reminded them that God always raises up a deliverer and he always raises up a rescuer of me and you. That no matter what we find ourselves in, God's going to rescue me and you, which was a reason to celebrate. So they would celebrate that every single year. The Festival of Lights or dedication was another one that God instituted. It commemorated and celebrated the victory from Syrian occupation of the temple and the cleansing of the purification of the temple. And this one right here, it coincides with what we call Christmas because every house has candles that were commemorated how the light of the candles in the, in the temple did not go out. And these observa- an observation of all of these different holidays and festivals was adopted to be able to refresh their remembrance of who they were of a pe- as a people, refresh their memory of that who they were. They were the people of God, you know, that God had done great things for. It would keep alive the influence of religion and, and their expectation of the coming Messiah. It would keep alive the influence of their religion, how it is that they should conduct themselves because they're a people of God and their expectation of a coming Messiah who was still coming because everything was, was done in order to be able to be type and shadow of Christ coming in the work that he was going to do for me and you. It was designed to deepen their joy in God and being a people of God. Well, even though they might have been walking around upset the rest of the year, that during those times of years, it would bring joy back to them and they would have excitement and, and exhilaration on those days. Praise God. And it was also designed, to, if this is deep, dispel any animosities or jealousies that may have formed among them and, and, and form new associations between them and their family members. Praise God. Whereas, whereas if family members have, was mad at one another, wouldn't have nothing to do with one another or had parted company with one another and wouldn't spend time with one another. God designed days where they would make sure they would come together. It was called holidays where they would come back together again and solve whatever difference was between them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And even, even different people of different races and things like that too. Praise God where everybody would come together, joined around a central purpose. Praise God of what, what God had done for them. So that was what he had designed. Now, the Christian church has been given absolutely no specific festivals or days to be able to commemorate. Have been given none to be able to commemorate. God requires no celebration or commemoration as a law. He, no commemoration or, 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 or celebration as a law. But although it's not a required, it's not supposed to be discouraged. and It's not supposed to be frowned upon either. Because remember, the law was designed, according to the book of Galatians, we're not going to go there, but according to the book of Galatians, it was designed as a schoolmaster to be able to teach us how to think and what to do so that we know how to conduct ourselves long after it comes to an end. Just like, for instance, y'all went to school, didn't y'all? And you learned what one plus one is. And show me, what's one plus one? Hey, man, you learned that, praise God. It wasn't just supposed to that you were supposed to hold on to that while you was in school. And then the moment you come out of school, you would forget it because it was trained to teach you what to think and what to remember and how to conduct yourself from that point forward. So from that day forward, after the point that is released where you don't are not required to do it no more, 
you're still supposed to be something that you do. Parents in the house say, hey, just like you taught your children how to be grown all in their life. You taught them how to be grown. That's why you ought not get upset when they get grown. Praise God. Amen. But you taught them all their life how to be grown, blessed be the name, and how to live life on their own. That's what you created them to do. That's why you taught them to do stuff like brush their teeth, comb their hair, you know, wash their nasty butt. Is anybody hearing me up there? Clean up their room, pay their, pay their bills, and do whatever, go, be responsible and do whatever they do. So that then, long after they leave you, your expectation is that they're going to continue to do it, even though it's no longer required by you. Amen. And that's what God did through the law is he set up things in the law to be able to learn how to conduct yourself so that long after the law comes to an end, the responsibilities and the things that you learn to do will continue all the way to the end. Just like y'all still clean up your room, make up your bed, wash your dishes, take out the trash, wash your butt, brush your teeth, comb your head or, or rub oil on your head. If you ain't got no hair, praise God, amen. You still do the things you learn to do, praise God, even though they're no longer required of you. So, the Christian church has not been given any specific festivals or, or, or things to commemorate. But although it's not required, it's not supposed to be dis- discouraged or frowned upon. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your magnificent word. We're going to walk through the Bible. And we're going to see what the Bible has to say about some of these things. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I got a feeling we're going to be looking at a lot of scriptures. Praise God. Amen. Some folks thought we was going to get a break. No, not my pastor. Not my pastor. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Let's do 16 go down. He said, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He says, rejoice forevermore, which means God expects the rejoicing to continue on. Even though it's not required of you to show up to do a particular thing, he still expects it to happen. Just like he sent you to pray without ceasing. Praise God. Even though it's not prayer times set up in the scripture like it was back in the Old Testament, where there were certain times that they would be in prayer had to be in prayer, was required for them to be in prayer, but they're not required anymore to be in prayer. But prayer is not supposed to be ceasing because it's supposed to continue on. And we're supposed to give thanks in everything. In everything give thanks. And he told us why. For this is the will of God. Is anybody here want to fulfill the will of God in your life? Praise God. He said, for this is the will of God. That's what God wants us to do. The will of God is that we give thanks in everything. So for the New Testament church, that which was once law is replaced by love. That which was once law is now replaced by love. And before they had a law of sin and death that says you don't do it, you die. That's a real good incentive to do it. Praise God. Because if you don't do it, you're going to die. Praise God. Somebody say, put up your hands. You'll be looking like that. And then they pull a nine on you and say, put up your hands. I bet your hands fly up. Because the concept of death is an inspiration. To continue to do what it is that you've been asked to do. Does uh, that make sense? But there's a greater inspiration that's supposed to exist than the law of sin and death. It's called a law of love. Well, see, we in the New Testament, we get a chance to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. 
So because of that, the things that it is he required us to do, we no longer and does not require us to do. That don't change that we are still willing to do because of the fact that we love God. I got anybody here that loves God. So when we love God, a have to do is replaced by a heart to do. A have to do is replaced by a heart to do. Whereas ours is not relegated to the mechanicalness of days and times, but rather is shifted to a lifestyle of thanksgiving. This is just what we do. Or another way of phrasing it, any opportunity we get, we're going to do it. Any opportunity we get, we're going to do it. We don't need no reason to be able to do it per se. We don't need no prescribed season to be able to get it done. We're going to do it anyway because our God is good. He is wonderful. And so we're going to give him the praise and the glory that he's rightfully due. And we're going to look at every opportunity we get to be able to celebrate because he's always done good things for me and you. Daily, all day, whenever we get the opportunity or wherever the thought hits us, we should give thanks unto the Lord. And we're to give thanks for him for what he has done, for what he is doing, and for what he plans to do the same way he set it up back then too. Colossians chapter 2. Now, once again, although it's not required, it's not to be discouraged and frowned upon either. That if we choose to participate in, 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 in holidays, then it shouldn't be a problem, at least according to the word of God. And once again, we're going to read what God's word says about that so we can find out whether or not we should pay attention to that when somebody else tells us that's not what we should do. Colossians chapter 2. Begin reading verse 16. It reads, it said, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day. Praise God. That holy day was right there. It's talking about a holiday or a feast, just like he said up before, a feast. He said, therefore, let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or in respect of an holiday, a holy day or a new moon, or of the Sabbath days, for which are a shadow of things to come, but the body, speaking of that which casts a shadow, is Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which they, he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands have, having nourished ministry and knit together increases with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom, in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Now let me clear some of that up and make sure, make sure you understand what all that said. Now, our participation and our non-participation in holidays is not to be judged by any people, whether they be saints or whether they be ain'ts, which means nobody, nowhere is supposed to stand before me and you and tell us, whether we should or should not participate in a holiday. Because of Christ's victory over the death, hell, and the grave, and over the devil. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed by what the Word of God had to say, reminding you of the real gift 
that we should give thanks for on Christmas Day, the gift that God gave us in the person of Jesus Christ. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just go to the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon. Thursday evenings is 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. And don't forget, we have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. That'll pick you up at home and then drop you off at home after the service. So if you don't have transportation or you're in need of ride, just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. Remember, next Monday is Christmas Day, so we invite all of you to join us at Word of Faith on Christmas morning as we give God the thanks that He's rightfully due for the eternal gift that He gave to me and you. Every year, the members of Word of Faith San Antonio come together on Christmas morning and have an exciting, faith-filled, spirit-filled praise and worship service where we give God thanks on Christmas Day. So we invite all of you to join us at Word of Faith on Christmas morning at 9.30 a.m., where saints from all over San Antonio and surrounding areas come together to praise and worship God and give the Father thanks for the gift that He gave us in the birth of His Son, Jesus Christ, who saved us, loves us, and keeps on keeping us. Thank God for the wonderful meal that each of us will enjoy on that day. Thank God for family and friends and football games and basketball games and all the other things we can do on that day. But what better thing to do on the day that's set aside to celebrate the Christ child than to actually take time to celebrate Jesus Christ, the one who came to earth to save me and you. So come on through. We'll be glad to see you and your family there giving God praise on Christmas morning at Word of Faith San Antonio. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.